You're listening to the E9 Podcast, a production of Free Drop Media. And now, a podcast unlike any other, the 2023 Masters Precap. A podcast unlike any other, the 2023 Masters Precap. I am Josh Flegel, and I am joined by my good friend, the host of the Pimento Cheese and Mashed Potatoes podcast, golf coach here in Nashville, Tennessee, an all-around good guy, my friend Hayden Copeland. Hayden, how are you doing? Man, I I am so excited to talk about the Masters. I, you know, as someone that lives alone, uh, I just have been trying to find anybody that will listen to me um, rip off Masters takes, Masters bets, any sort of thing. I just I'm ready to I'm ready to do this. And the hope is we can touch on all of those things. Um, obviously, uh, these are two guys who are golf fans. Uh, I'd say probably golf fanatics. Uh, consumers of golf media and certainly outside the ropes. We are not golf insiders. We are hopefully a lot like you, our listeners. So when uh, people who see the game, love the game, play the game, but uh, aren't inside the game. Um, But even better than all of that, as we are masters aficionados, we are only 60 hours removed from being on the hallowed grounds at Augusta National. We spent the day there on Monday for the practice round. It was wonderful going back. Um, What were some of your impressions Spending the day, probably your first time, what, over, almost 10 years. Oh, gosh. Back at Augusta National. Well, what were my impressions? Uh, I, I tried to stay. Uh, that was the first thing. Tried to see if I could just hide in a trash can. Um, and <laughs> they stay. made you take the tent down. That was a little uh, awkward. You try to put the tent up, but, uh, you know. Um, no, I, I think just being there really, it reminded me how excited I get it for the masters and really reminded me why I love this tournament so much. I think that was the, the special thing. And you're like, man, this really is a big deal. Um, and it, and it gets me just start to think about like, what's this tournament going to be like, even though we were there on a Monday, I'm already wheels are turning like what, you know, who's going to stand out. Who's going to make a run. Who's still got it. Who's lost it completely. Um, what do you think, Josh? What do you, what do you think about your, our visit? Well, I, first of all, it was, always fun being there you know you, you feel actually more connected to the tournament week when you get to spend the day there seeing some of the changes to the golf course um, seeing the turf conditions um, you know for golfers like us just kind of knowing what these guys are playing off of um, you know the rye grass that seems like they have taken that that second cut further off uh, and so it looks like a firmer faster course which of course will change with the weather uh, and then just the 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 idea of seeing some of these guys um, play with different partners in the practice round. Um, we'll get into the mm-hmm. live component of that in a second, seeing them on the putting green, seeing them on the driving range, trying to get a feel for kind of maybe what their headspace is like. Uh, we saw everything from yeah. Tiger and Rory and Tom Kim uh, playing a practice round together to mm-hmm. uh, watching Sam Burns out there by himself kind of grinding away. And that tells you a little bit about the mindset of some of these guys going into it so um, I want to jump into this and Mm -hmm. uh, in the interest of time we've kind of tried to narrow our topics down to four topics that uh, should encompass most of what people want to hear at least I hope they want to hear about our opinions about the 2023 Masters Um, I think it's probably important to start with addressing the elephants in the room uh, and do you mean you mean a cat the cat in the room that's right we're going to address the cat in the room I, I think there'll be a time when we don't lead with Tiger when it comes to Augusta, but that time is not yet. You know, Tiger is still- Not today. Um, yeah, not today. And um, he was the first figure we saw on the driving range when we walked in on Monday morning. He was warming up. Uh, he was the first one on the golf course on the back nine at nine o'clock. He and Rory uh, and Tom Kim uh, playing a practice round. So um, we'll talk a little bit what that meant uh, in the moment on Monday, but bigger picture wise, Seeing Tiger out there for the first time since the Genesis, um, a very successful Genesis tournament, a couple 67s, one on Saturday on the weekend uh, for a good finish, but also a Genesis that took a lot out of Tiger Woods. And as he returns to Augusta, maybe the hardest walk in professional Mm -hmm. golf. I think we experienced that. One thing that reminds me every time I go to Augusta is my dogs are barking at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, I can imagine how he feels. And so what were your impressions of seeing Tiger on the golf course? You saw him play a little bit more than I did. I saw about three holes of Tiger. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you stuck with him a little bit more through um, the back nine that he played on Monday. Yeah. What did you see that you liked? And, and what do you think about his chances this week? Well, I think w- the first thing I'll say is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but remind me, Tiger played in the Masters last year. 
Now, for our, my casual fans, maybe we're not tuning in every week and we can't remember what Tiger's been up to. He played in the Masters last year and made the cut. Am I am I right? That's correct. Yeah, play, made the cut last year. Struggled on the weekend, as you might mm-hmm. expect. Um, but he had a, a little kind of flash of glory there on Friday and made it to the weekend. And, um, you know, it was, it was not the only cut he made in a major last year as well. He played mm-hmm. in the PGA Championship and uh, made the cut there as well. Yeah. Well, I, you know, just from what I saw, I saw a couple of things, right? I think we'll talk about the hitch and the step. I mean, certainly, right? Like he is not moving the same way he did, nor would we expect him to do that, though. I, I also think, though, I saw someone who is so comfortable out on that golf course, um, someone who is having a great time enjoying himself, enjoying just living it up. Uh, we, we were watching on 16 as he was kind of guiding Tom Kim on how to how to putt, watching little breaks in the greens and saying, isn't it funny how this goes this way when you think it's going to go the other way? And those little details remind me that the Tiger can play in this tournament as long as he wants to. Um, and so that's why I think coming into this week, you know, there's reasons to be optimistic. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. But, you know, if we think that he is more healthy than he was last year and he made the cut, like, what does that mean for this year? Well, and I think that's a great point. It's one that's been brought up and I, I've read uh, some some opinion pieces about, you know, what this might mean a year um, on from his last master's appearance and a little bit healthier. And I felt really good about it until I saw the weather forecast. And I just think walking that golf course when it's going to be soggy and wet, you know, I think there's no reason to think he can't play well first couple of days, make a cut. The question is if it gets into a Saturday where it is a, a sloggy, muddy difficult round to move around that golf course you know how much of a beating does that leg take and that back take as he's trying to manage those conditions and almost is it worth him doing that when there might be a couple venues coming down the road for him in the majors that he might be a little more comfortable physically on that said you're 100 right he's at augusta this is a place he knows better than anybody he's uh, mm-hmm. played and thank goodness i i don't know how many of these he's played in it's we're closing in on 25 i think right. and uh the fact that you know, he's won five times and as recently as 2019 uh, means that he has a chance to contend uh, watching mm-hmm. him play the other day, kind of seeing him uh, look at different parts of the golf course on 13 and, and 14, trying to see the lines he's taking. He certainly is looking to find a way around that golf course that will best suit a game that maybe not as powerful as it used to be, but mm-hmm. that will rely on his, his very, very solid iron play. Um, and as we know, probably no one can read those greens like him. So I have a really, like a lot of people, hopeful um, mm-hmm. week for Tiger Woods ahead. But I also am concerned, especially about the conditions. If it just doesn't roll, it's not as firm and fast as it might need to be for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that so, said, I would not be remotely surprised to see him make a cut and be kind of hanging around mm-hmm. uh, on the weekend. The question, though, is like for diehard Tiger fans, is making the cut enough? Right. It's like, is that what you're rooting for? And then is everything else just gravy or is it like, no, I want Tiger in the mix on Sunday. And if not, I will be bummed. Yeah, I think there's probably two types of fans. There's the the older fan, such as myself, who's um, about the same age as Tiger, maybe a little bit older, but has a keen memory of every one of the majors he's played in and has is there. Uh, I was at his very first professional event in Milwaukee, um, you know, Gosh, it's coming up on 27 years ago, whatever it is. So it's a long time. But I think some of the younger fans who want more of Tiger, who want more of that 2019, I think there might be a little bit of, I shouldn't say impatience, but there might be some expectations. If he's not there on the weekend, it might feel a little bit of letdown because he, like I said, he's, we all say that he is the needle. He is the reason people tune in. I know the networks will want him there. I know the uh, Augusta members will want him there. Um, and certainly no one will want him to be there more than Tiger himself. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, I, th- I think it's just it's one of those things that I try, I'm trying to find ways to talk myself into seeing Tiger win. And I think the only way I see that happening is if the score stay low. But then the hard part is I don't know if I see the score staying low, man. There's a lot of people at the top of their game and the scores might be pretty gettable. And so I think the hard thing is that my heart says I want Tiger in the mix but I think my head is saying that I don't think there's much of a chance for that. Yeah, I agree. I think the low scores will be a huge help. And if, you know, 
if the wind picks up on Friday, uh, and he's playing the afternoon round Friday, so that may not help him all that much. He he got mm-hmm. the benefit of the Thursday AM start and the Friday PM start. Unlike mm-hmm. the Genesis, if you remember the Genesis, he had the Thursday PM start and the Friday right. AM start. We we're all wondering how that might work out for his knee um, or his leg, and he'll be rested, but. Wind is supposed to pick up Friday afternoon. Conditions are supposed to be a little more difficult. It might be the tougher of the waves uh, of the first two days. And then, of course, Saturday, it's supposed to be kind of a, you know, a free-for-all when it comes to the weather. Yeah. If that happens, the scores will stay low. Um, mm-hmm. That might benefit him. But at the same yeah. time, it might make it tougher for him to move around that golf course, get up and down the hills. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the softer ground is going to be tougher uh, on him kind of walking, especially up and down hills. So I might be overthinking that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, if the scores stay low, he'll have a chance. If the golf course softens up, though, it becomes kind of a, a you know, a dart game. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's good at a dart game, but there's probably guys now who are better at that game than him. Right. Well, uh, speaking of other guys, um, is there any other things that were, you know, elephants in the room that, that we well, need to there is. address? And I think Tiger overlaps here. Uh, and I, <laughs> my conspiracy nature, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to say on this next, my next uh, theory here, I might be only 50 or 60% right, but I do think I'm going to be more right than wrong when I say this, because Tiger did go out at nine o'clock in the morning on the back nine, and Tiger did play mm-hmm. a practice round with Rory McIlroy and Tom Kim and Fred Couples, and I found that to be very intriguing. Um, it was Does, obviously- is that, is that intriguing? Does Rory have opinions on anything or- uh, I don't, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but both Rory and Fred evidently have opinions. Uh, Fred recently criticizing Phil Mickelson uh, about his move to live. Rory and Tiger, the architects, kind of this new PGA Tour that we're seeing. Um, and of course, Tom Kim, probably the most um, popular uh, and maybe the biggest uh, Eastern uh, and Asian golfer, kind of Eastern uh, Pacific golfer that we have right now um, in the world, and maybe one of the most well-known golfers in the world outside of America and Europe. Uh, I don't think it was blind luck that brought those four together. Um, I think it was a little bit of a, a stance being made there as they started into the week. I think they're the first group out. Again, this is just me spitballing. It's kind of conspiracy me. But I do think it was kind of a, a front against the, the live, not the players necessarily, but the idea of live. And I think it was also making Tom Kim feel a little bit more wrapped up into the, uh, the PGA tour world and the Rory and tiger world. Um, because he is a very big domino here, maybe bigger than even what Hideki was a couple of years ago. I think Tom and his uh, performance in the president cup, um, and his win at Wyndham last year has really taken the hearts and the minds of, of especially the Asian contingent that supports golf uh, in massive numbers. Um, and so, as he goes, yeah. they may go. So are you, are you confirming Tom Kim to live? Is that what I'm No, getting? I'm not confirming. Please do not put those <laughs> words in my mouth. I don't know if everybody's going to listen to this, but that is not it. I think uh, this, if nothing else, will solidify Tom Kim uh, to the PGA Tour. But I do think the, the live golfers uh, may have noticed that. I certainly think Greg Norman noticed that. I mm. also think it was fun seeing the live guys back on the golf course. We had a chance to see Justin, Dustin Johnson. We saw Abe Answer. We saw Cam Smith practicing afterwards. One of my favorite scenes was Bubba on the putting green later on the Monday, just getting hugs from everybody. Harold Varner out there, caddies hugging caddies. It was like a family reunion. Yeah, it's it seems like, uh, and we'll, we, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but the other big storyline of Live that I walked away with was from the media, it feels like these these guys hate each other, that they're at each other's throats. And maybe that will be the case on Thursday. Uh, but from what we saw on Monday, man, people are hugging each other. People are saying, hey, I miss you. I'm so glad to see you. It's been so long. Like, we're buddies. We're tight. Nothing's changed. Um, and so I think that that was certainly an eye-opening experience to see that maybe the media is certainly, right, like like you would, trying to build up this idea of PGA versus live to build up some hype. Yeah, it. it I think it is. On the, And I think it is a good hype vehicle, right? It's, it draws clicks and it gets viewers and listeners. I also think there is, of course, um, a general antithesis between Live Golf and the other major global tours, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. it exists between the players. And that's, I think, was the big you know, lesson for me on Monday. I think 
those guys, and I know there's been some sound bites about Freddie talking about Phil and Rory kind of slamming Greg and Phil, and but it really does seem like these guys are excited to be back together, and certainly seems like the live guys are excited to kind of be back with this uh, kind of back with the gang and and showing what they have. And I'm you mean to play to, a meaningful event? Yeah, <laughs> you can put it that way. Um, I've been a pretty big critic of live, not so much for their politics, but just because I don't think the format is conducive to helping these guys peak for these major tournaments. I just, I can't imagine a 54 hole tournament with a shotgun start, which to any of us average Joe's just feels like your regular Monday outing. You know, it feels like you're playing in the scramble for, you know, for, you know, some big charity. And so it just seems like, you know, the the checks have already been cashed there and live, you know, the grind doesn't seem as real as it does when you're playing on tour in a full field event. You know, if you're at um, Torrey Pines or you're at, you know, T, uh, TPC Scottsdale and, and you're trying to grind mm-hmm. for millions of dollars and you have to make a cut uh, and you just have to admit the field is just deeper. I'm not saying it's more talented necessarily because there's mm-hmm. no doubt that Brooks and DJ and Cam and those guys at the top are extremely talented, but mm-hmm. the, the depth of talent is greater on the PGA Tour. Um, and yeah. as both of us haven't been coaches in the past, and I'm not saying that high school golf coaching is anything <laughs> like um, preparing for the PGA Tour, but similar, both, but but not quite the same, <laughs> not quite the same. But the goal is to get your guys to peak for the big tournaments at the right mm-hmm. time. Um, for these guys that have played an event in Orlando at a fairly marginal golf course, um, yeah. The week prior to the Masters, a week that many guys take off and go home and work yeah. on the games, or even show up to Augusta a little bit earlier. Uh, and then have them show up and now they're on the biggest stage in the world. I just have to think that isn't conducive to mm-hmm. being uh, really on the razor's edge you need to be to compete at Augusta. Yeah. And so I'm, my criticism of live isn't so much the politics. That's probably for a different podcast, a different day. Mm-hmm. It's for, are these guys going to be prepared to compete in the majors and specifically this week at Augusta? Now, yeah. How do you see that playing out? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, it, I think it's been pretty easy, the narrative, or it's just to write these people off, say they got no shot, they haven't been competing at the highest level, like the PGA Tour guys. But the more that I have watched these guys, you know, even in some of them on a practice round, and even just as I sit and think with it more, I mean, these still are some of the best golfers in the world, right? And anything can happen in one weekend. Um, and so I think that as I, going into this weekend, I, I was thinking that I was going to be more like, I'm going to be rooting for the PGA Tour guys and rooting against the live guys. But as we get closer and closer, I'm actually, I was looking at the the starting times and trying to figure out, okay, who on Thursday, who do I want to watch? Who do I want to zero in on while I give my class a project to work on while I sit and watch the Masters <laughs> coverage for for hours during school tomorrow. Um, and I realized that the people I'm most interested to see are the live guys. It's kind of this weird thing, a realization I had of, I don't think ever in my life I've been like, man, I really want to watch Jason Kokrak and Taylor Gooch play, but I am like drawn, like a moth to the flame of like, I want to see how they do. I, I totally agree. And there's a part of this that actually plays to their advantage because the masters is essentially a limited field event. There's 88 guys there. There's mm-hmm. probably, you know, a bunch of them, former champions who aren't going to be competitive, a number of amateurs that probably won't be competitive as well. 50 plus ties make the cut. There's a reasonable chance that, you know, 60 guys make the cut. And we already know that of the 88, probably 20 of them are, are, not going to be qualifiers for the weekend there's a good chance these live guys even if they don't play great we'll be seeing them on saturday and sunday we're gonna get a taste mm-hmm. of them for the four rounds um and maybe they get stronger as the week goes on maybe this really does tap into their kind of competitive gene these are great golfers uh, i'm with you I, I cannot wait to see how they play and i would not be surprised because they are so good to see one yeah. or two of them ending on sunday i don't think the whole contingent will be as successful as the guys who are grinding week right week on the team but you you can certainly convince me that Brooks who shot, you know, a million under par over three days in Orlando or DJ yeah. who's won this, you know, uh, two years ago, that they can be there on Sunday and have a chance to win this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, it's, they, yeah. It's, it's they hit the ball uh, good enough. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things of, okay. So, you know, we, we've got this live narrative and we're like, we don't like these guys, but really looking around, it's like, 
So you have Patrick Reed, but no one liked, I mean, I don't think there were people who were a big fan of him on the PGA Tour either. So that's like, right. That's, that's right. You have Greg Norman, who's not even going to be there. So like there's all the, and Phil, who's probably, I guess, the biggest villain figure. That's probably the most fascinating thing to see is will he, you know, come out tomorrow and shoot, you know, four under, or will he come out tomorrow and shoot four over? Um, and it's hard to say. I mean, I, I could see both either thing happening, um, but he really seems like maybe the, the wild card of if he gets in the mix, that could really spice some things up. But other than that, it feels like, you know, if Harold Varner's in condition, I don't think anyone's going to be like, will we hate Harold Varner? You know, <laughs> like he's he's a good dude. He, he took life changing money and it'd be awesome to see him in contention. because He's a great golfer. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, rumor has it that Phil at the champions dinner last night was very quiet, kind of reticent yeah. to himself, uh, not the normal Phil. So I'm wondering if he feels maybe his time at Augusta has gone past. I also um, met with a, a good friend of mine today who was at the, at the masters yesterday and saw Phil on the golf course and said that he drew big crowds and people were supporting him. There was no boo birds and you don't get people booing anybody at Augusta anyway. This is not mm -hmm. the Ryder cup. This is not yeah. you know, the U S open. So uh, but he was warmly received by the patrons. And so he might get a little energy from that crowd as well. And again, 50 guys plus ties make a cut out of 88. The, the odds yeah. are pretty good that if he plays decently, we'll see him this weekend. So I'm with you. I, I think the politics of live will disappear for the next four days. I think they'll return. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be fun to look at these guys and see what kind of shape their game's in. Mm -hmm. um, and can a guy like Brooks continue his good yeah. play uh, into this weekend? He's someone that... Uh, I have in a couple of my betting sheets um, yeah. because I, I just, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy who writes him off just because he's not playing every mm -hmm. week with these guys in the PGA tour. It doesn't mean he's not a great golfer. Right. It, so my guess, my question for you is can like, can live guys win? How many of them do you think could compete? Um, right. Like there's certain live guys that, right. They cash in on the money and they're so past their prime, like, they're not going to compete, but right. there's probably some of these live guys that can definitely still win. There is. And I think there's extra motivation for them as well uh, for the single mm -hmm. reason that they may not be eligible next year, except for the guys who obviously have won the masters before um, Augusta national put out their eligibility requirements for 2024 today. And most of them are very tour centric. They're very world golf ranking centric. They are mm -hmm. not at all beneficial to live players. And so if yeah. these guys want to be eligible for the masters next year, they're not going to be playing PJ tour events. They're not going to be part of the official world golf uh, world ranking system, unless they get some of the DP events or play mm -hmm. some of the Asian tour events that are, are accumulating points. So the yeah. best way to get in the masters next year is to finish in that top. Uh, I think it's, what is it? 16 or 14 that will get them back. Top, I get the I think top back. 12 and ties. Top maybe, 12. That... Yeah. That that's a motivation for them. If I want to come back yeah. next year and I, all my other avenues are closed and this is the masters. Yeah. Um, I have to get in the top 12. So I think there's going to be some motivation for them to play really well to get exempt for next year um, through one of the few avenues they might have left. Do you think those requirements? Right. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. We, we, I was going to say, do you think those requirements are meant to push live guys back to the PGA tour? I don't want to push them back, but I certainly think it is taking a stand with Jay Monahan and the PGA tour. I think that is, you know, the, the, Augusta National Membership and the uh, Augusta National Tournament Committee has been very vocal about disapproving live um, the Saudi mm -hmm. regime. You know, they were very outspoken at the outset. I think that has not changed at all. So mm -hmm. I do think that they are firmly aligned yeah. with the PGA Tour. Now, there may mm -hmm. be some contentious moments ahead with rolling the ball back or whatever might happen, the bifurcation of the um, mm -hmm. tour and the, uh, the golf ball between the tour and, and kind of us regular Joes. That is yeah. going to play out the road. But I think for now, that is, is clearly a part of their mission statement to say we're aligned yeah. with PGA. And yeah. if you're not going to be drawn back because you want to play in the Masters, um, mm -hmm. we're not going to see much of you in the future. Uh, and that's tough because you know, Abe Answer is a heck of a player. We may not see mm -hmm. him in the Masters again. Taylor yeah. Gooch was climbing the world rankings. He doesn't have an avenue back to Augusta next year yeah. unless he plays with Augusta this year. Yeah. All right. We could probably talk about this all day. Let's <laughs> we're going to go to this next section and we're going to buzz through it pretty quickly because if anybody it. has read anything about the masters, there is several very obvious things. And the most obvious of obvious expectations this week at Augusta is that one of three guys is probably going to win this tournament. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm. They have been the dominant 
not just players, but figures uh, in the world of golf uh, competitively mm-hmm. over the last, you know, eight months. Um, we had a really strong start to the year from John Rahm. And then, you know, he missed a cut at Bay Hill. He withdrew from the players championship, didn't play mm-hmm. great at the match play. And Scotty Scheffler, you know, kind of picked up where he, where Rahm left off and went on to repeat at Scottsdale at the, at the waste yeah. management and then win the players championship. So now, yeah, yeah. obviously the betting money is going to be on Scheffler, the defending champion, mm-hmm. but also Roy McElroy has been maybe the most consistent player in the world over the last 12 months. And he's also yeah. pursuing a little thing called the career grand slam. So this is the obvious, these three guys, do right. one of them have a, an advantage over the others? Do you think one of those guys are going to win this week? I think it's hard not to imagine. It's hard to imagine one of them not winning because right. Like you said, they're so good. I was trying to do my, my typical master's gambling research and I was researching strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approach strokes gained, you know, whether it's driving distance, whatever it might be and the names of Scheffler and Rory just kept popping up Scheffler yeah. and Rory and Rom jumping in there as well. But like, it, it, it certainly, it feels like one of those three could win, but then also it is just one of those things of, well, what if somebody gets a bad tea time, right? What if someone is going off in some high winds or, you know, what if Rory has this typical opening round 75, uh, before, you know, proceeding to shoot 66, 67, you know, 68 on the weekend. Um, so, you know, it certainly seems like that is the a foregone conclusion, but I also think, man, there's a lot of guys playing really well right now in the world. And so, yes, those are the best. And I think that's, there's a reason they're the favorites. I guess my question for you would be, if you had to rank them, right, one to three of most likely to win, and I, I know it feels like it could change any moment, but right now on the eve of the tournament, where, how would you rank them as likeliest to win? Well, this is a very, very small step, snapshot of Scotty Scheffler's game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched him, you know, play a few holes. He was playing a practice on Tony Fino on, um, on Monday. And man, he looked sharp. He almost had a hole in one on 16. I mean, he literally landed that ball three feet from the hole. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I watched him on the putting green. He was working with his putting coach. He looked a little flustered on the putting green. Um, but you're better flustered on Monday than Thursday, you know, and I think that's something you get worked at once you get a feel for the speed. Um, he's proven he can win in different conditions and on different surfaces. So I got to yeah. have him first. It's just almost hard to pass up the guy who's mm-hmm. the hottest in the world. I have Rory second um, and, and really mm-hmm. not even second, like 1B. Because I really do think Rory's going to be there at the end of this thing. And I don't think it's going to be the old backdoor, you know, top five that we used to, that we're usually seeing from him. Mm-hmm. Could he shoot 75 in the first round? Maybe. I don't think he will. I think he's, he's going to have a good day tomorrow. And then John Rahm, I'm not as high on him. You know, I, I, I'm making, to me, not playing well at Bay Hill's a bigger deal. To me, withdrawing yeah. from the Players' Championship, I'm not saying he wasn't sick at the Players' Championship. Of course he was. But I do think if he's playing well at the Players' Championship, he's going to grind through sickness. We've seen guys go out and play not feeling great before. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy who was leading, I, I think it was Memorial, a couple of years ago during COVID and um, you know, had, was forced to withdraw for the final round. He was furious about it. You know, He was furious mm-hmm. taking away this chance to set a record uh, at Muirfield Village. So it, it feels like those type of things are – you know, not tremendous evidence of him not being informed, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's up there with Rory um, or Scotty, but I do think there's no reason he can't win if he goes back yeah. into form that we saw earlier this season. Yeah, I think the the thing, though, with Rom is that his, it feels like his game just matches up so well with Augusta, right? That it should be the perfect fit. His creativity, his, you know, ability to you know, just um, really act like an artist on a golf course, right? It's almost designed for um, for this tournament. And so that's why it's hard to also just write off Rom because there's a reason that he is one of the three front runners. Um, and, you know, who knows what could happen over the next, you know, two days. Um, you know, it is, it is one of those things that, that he just seems like a guy that will win a green jacket. I think that's I've kind of in my head put this narrative like he's going to win. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. His time's coming. And there's no reason it can't be this week. And 
I also think if the weather, and that's the next obvious thing, is mm-hmm. the weather looks fairly dubious, especially as you move into yeah. the weekend. Um, you know, here in Nashville today, we had warm weather, high winds. That same weather is moving into Augusta tomorrow. And mm-hmm. here in Nashville, we're going to have uh, cooler weather. Wind's going to shift from a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be the weather that'll hit Augusta on Friday. And so they're going to be playing in different temperatures, in different winds. And then Saturday, mm-hmm. those that make the cut are going to be playing in rain, almost 100%, almost half an inch to an inch. It is going to be a bit of a mutters tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. That, that is always going to benefit the better ball strikers. It just is. Right. Guys who can move the ball off of bad lies, guys who can work the ball, uh, guys mm-hmm. who can pierce the wind. Those three guys can do it as well as anybody in the world. Um, and so I think the weather might be an advantage for them the same way I think it might be a disadvantage for guys like Tiger, or even guys like Patrick Reed, um, who aren't as long. You know, I can see Patrick Reed contending right on a fast firm golf course but this is going to eliminate those guys who are not carriers of the golf ball they don't, who don't mm-hmm. put it up in into the stratosphere i think you're going to see actually these type of conditions favor ron yeah. and scheffler and rory yeah. and dj and brooks um we might actually see a more exciting leaderboard on sunday because of it for sure yeah it is one of those things as i was doing my research trying to figure out who do i want to pick who do i want to put some uh put some money on the the idea of you know typically josh and you'll have to remind me typically people favor the the early late wave right that tends to be the the wave that that favors golfers i don't know if you can speak to that of you know but it seems like that could be the like the weather this week might not favor that it might not, especially if that wind picks up Friday afternoon. Um, if the weather gets nasty Friday and they have to, for some reason, finish that round on Saturday, I don't see that happening. But remember, Augusta mm-hmm. is a tournament that starts everybody off of number one. No one starts off of number 10. And so it's mm-hmm. going to be, um, you know, you got to be careful if, if you're Friday afternoon going off late and you got to get up and play in the rain on Saturday morning. So it does seem this week that the the late early wave is going to be better than the early late wave. Mm-hmm. Um, all that said, I think Saturday is going to be a grind. And we saw this mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. It's going to be a grind for everybody trying to manage yeah. the wind and the rain on Saturday before it kind of gets back to a little more at least mm-hmm. manageable uh, weather on Sunday. Um, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to see how these hit guys I handle know. it and not just, not just hitting shots, but also putting, you know, putting in the wind um, is just as difficult as hitting shots in the wind. Yeah. It's uh, and it's one of those things that I I've in my mind, I've wanted to write off those folks that are going to go early, late, you know, Thursday, Friday, but then, right. There's this whole idea of, well, what if they can't get it in on Friday? And so what if right. they have to right. finish Saturday morning and then they get perfect conditions uh, on the golf course and so I really think the the weather, while it is a wild card, you know, at first glance, it might favor the the late early group. But if the weather does, you know, cause a postponement, it really kind of brings that other group right back into the mix of playing on a pretty docile golf course coming up on Saturday morning, you know, if, if that happens. It definitely does. Um, I, I think we have to see how that, kind of manifest itself you know weather can change but right. I, I do think it makes for a, a pretty exciting weekend yeah. um talk about exciting and and the next category i want to dive into is what what it could be the most exciting thing for you to see over the next four days at augusta what would excite you about this tournament if if what certain thing happens or their circumstances uh, come together to really get you fired up to tune in especially for this weekend what are you looking forward well, to well, I know you can probably speak to this, but I think one of the things that I am just so hopeful yet trying to remain grounded is my excitement for Max. You know, I would love to see Max Homa do well. I would love to see him in contention. I'm not, I'm not so bold as to say that he's going to win it, but man, to have him in the mix on Sunday would be one of the coolest things. Um, and I know that a lot of people can relate to that of listening to Max and um, with his uh, Get a Grip podcast with Shane Bacon. I know that Josh, you're the one that turned me on to that. But talk about someone who it feels like I have ridden through his career with him, yet I don't know him at all. Um, he doesn't know me yet. 
that's one of the things that I come back to. I'm like, man, I want so badly for him to be in the mix on Sunday. I totally agree. He's become kind of the people's champion, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to claim like, I bet, I bet there's millions of people who will claim what I claim. I was on to Max early. I was on to Max (laughs) when he won the Wells Fargo over Rory uh, a bunch of years ago. And like, who is this guy? What's his story? What he won the NCAA? So I was on to him then. I was on to him when he was on Twitter. I was, I was the first listener to, to get a grip. So I like it, but I know there's 100,000, 200,000 people just like me who think that he's their guy. And mm-hmm. so it's fun to see him playing at the level he's playing at. And his, you know, if you look at his, his strokes gained across the board, T to green stroke gains, no strokes mm-hmm. gained number are elite. He's, he is an elite iron player, which is what benefits you at Augusta. He's improved yeah. his short game by leaps and bounds. Um, there's no reason for him to not contend there. I think it's, as he says, and you can, great thing about Max is you don't have to wonder what he's thinking. He, he's out there on all the shows and he's put himself out there. If mm-hmm. he can conquer the eight inches between his ears, the 7,500 yards at Augusta are very manageable for him physically. So I'd be excited, um, almost as excited I'd be if my guy Steve Stricker was, you know, <laughs> contention like he was uh, 15 years ago, my Wisconsin guy. So right. I'm with that. Um, I also think there's no denying the excitement of a tournament that has Rory you know, in contention on Sunday, mm-hmm. trying to compete the career grand, grand slam, the, uh, the massive following that Jordan Spieth has, seeing him on top Ooh. of the leader would be incredibly don't, exciting. Don't tease me. <laughs> I know it. And so if you want, if I, I had to dream about my ideal scenario, it's seeing, you know, Spieth and Rory and Max all mm-hmm. in contention over the weekend. Oh, and and yeah. as we know, these things don't usually happen at Augusta. We have these dreams about these things, but you know, oftentimes there's a couple of dark horses in there. You know, you think about a year where Brant Snedeker's leading going to the final round or you mm-hmm. have Smiley Kaufman. So there's always guys who kind of right. peek in there. But man, it'd be so cool if you saw these guys, uh, many of them were playing very, very good golf. Spieth is rounding into form. Um, he yeah. says he's hitting as good as he has uh, in a long time. Um, you have, you know, guys like DJ and Brooks coming back into the fold, Cam Smith. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of great players that can make this leaderboard really shine and nothing to be more right. exciting than seeing, seeing Rory in a final group on Sunday. I think that would, for me, would be the most exciting thing that could happen. Maybe the entire season is if right. Rory was in contention on Sunday, what are his chances to win in your mind? Gosh, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I was just had this, this flash of Rory against a live guy in the final pairing on Sunday that just got me so excited. I got to cool off for a second here. But I think what it all comes down to, right, for Rory is going to be the back nine on Sunday. I mean, it's, I could almost say the same thing for Jordan, right? If like both of them have demons um, and it's going to just, you know, Rory could be plodding along and plodding along or playing great, but it's just going to come down to Rory stepping up to the tee on number 10 and, you know, staring in the face and saying, you know what, like, like this is, this is so far past me. I'm the best driver of the golf ball in the world. Like I'm, I've got this. Um, and so I think that certainly like, obviously Rory can contend, but the question is like, will he have that moment where he comes undone? Yeah. You know, 2011, he stands on that tee box and he started the day, I think with a four shot lead and he hits maybe one of the worst tee shots a professional golfer under pressure could possibly hit. And I I'm, now, there's many. I, that is a very strong statement because Greg Norman splashed one in the 16 that wasn't even close in 1996. Nowhere close. I, he basically wasn't on the golf course. That was a much shorter shot. But you're right. Like if he is on the 10th tee box, you know, does that flash back to the ball that, you know, finished 60 yards, you know, left of the fairway on 10? Right. Or is he the guy now who's, who's really ready to, to take that step again uh, into mm-hmm. greatness? You know, it's been obviously no secret that Tiger and Phil have won majors more recently mm-hmm. than Rory has. And I, yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of throws you off the scent a little bit, mm-hmm. but it also is kind of meaningful. Rory hasn't won one in a number of years. The right. taste of St. Andrews is still fresh on his lips, you know, where he, mm-hmm. all he had to do is, you know, shoot 70 and he wins that tournament. And instead yeah. he two puts every single green or shoot 68, excuse me, two puts every single yeah. green. So anyway, I think, having Rory in contention on Sunday. Uh, he's hitting mm-hmm. it well enough. Watching him on Monday, 
We watched him very, very closely. He threw a second ball down on 13, which is a much longer hole now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would think that you're going to see majority of guys, especially with bad laying up, Rory mm-hmm. lasered one into the middle of the green from about 240 yards out. So yeah. I think he has a really good chance. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to play well tomorrow. I think you're right. It's going to come down to the conditions. And, you know, does he have a bobble tomorrow that leads to a 74 that should have been a 72? It could make a difference. Yeah, that's right. Um, looking at some of those holes too, you know, I'm excited to see how they play mm-hmm. 13. I'm excited to see yeah. you know, what 11 looks like for these guys. Uh, you know, I, I know the golf course many people think has gotten boring. I don't find Augusta National to be boring. I think everybody's so long now that it has become a different golf course than it was 25, 30 years ago, just because right. of the equipment and the conditioning of the players. But I still think there's so much drama to be had. And looking at these, uh, you know, especially the 13th tee box, that's going to be a real par five this year. And I'm excited to see how they play that and who wants to go for it uh, on Sunday if the uh, pressure's on. I think watching the tournament um, or watching the practice rounds, it was very obvious that these guys are focusing on the par fives. Of course they are. The par fives are the answer. Uh, to winning Augusta Nationals question about who's going to win. Um, they go around these par fives and they throw balls down from every scoring position. They pitch to every possible pin position. We watched that. The par fours, they kind of motor through and kind of hit the shots they want to hit. But um, mm-hmm. it was very clear the way they were playing 13, looking at different angles, looking at different layup positions that they never have before. I've been to a couple of practice rounds before, and I've never seen guys drop balls from about 65 to 75 yards from the green on 13 from all kinds of different areas. I mean, there were guys dropping close to the 14th tee box over there as if the layup is going to push them way out to the right. And now they're playing across the Creek. So I think the design change might actually have worked. It's going to take a little bit of the adventure out of the hole of guys going for it. You know, there's going to be no Phil Mickelson laser beam six iron from the pine straw. I don't think you're going to see that, but you might see a guy pull out a five wood from two thirty and see if he can't hit, you know, get up to that back left pin but it's also going to really test these guys to position the ball well and to uh, attack different parts of that green from different angles. And I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I think certainly, right. Just a, a new looking Augusta is going to be such an exciting thing to see, right. Like how is this new uh, layout going to play, right? How are, how are guys going to play this? Are we going to get something like 15 last year where it felt like everybody played it the exact same way, or are we going to get something like, you know, a year when you know, the, maybe the best strategy is to lay up and to, yeah. to try and, you know, laser a, a wedge in there to a couple of feet and try and make a birdie putt. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to be excited to see him play it. And these, you know, it's a long mm-hmm. golf course, 7,500 yards. I went and walked five again. Five is my favorite hole out there. Kind of just yeah. sitting on the backside of the property. That tee box is so far back there. That is such a hard hole. Um, I do worry that if it does get rain, um, it's hard to make that course shorter. You know, they, they right. move these tee boxes back. There's not a lot of options to move tees up if they want to. I know right. that's been written about by some of the, the architect um, experts here who have been evaluating Augusta's changes is that they don't mm-hmm. have a lot of flexibility in their tee positions. But, man, right. I think it's going to be exciting to watch them play um, the different yardages on these holes. Yeah. Right. In, in the interest of time, I want to move into uh, our, kind of our last category, and that is yes. uh, the unexpected. Augusta always – offers the unexpected so it's hard to predict the unexpected because it's not expected right what is something that is unexpected but you wouldn't be surprised if you saw it happen uh, by the end of this tournament on sunday Uh, i have i have one that i've been kind of an ace up my sleeve i've been hiding and it's one of these things where if i'm right like i was about bryson a bunch of years ago uh, when he was an amateur uh, i would like to be right again what is something you may um be hopeful for that no one's expecting, or maybe not even hopeful that you may be fearing that is unexpected when we get to the weekend here at Augusta. So I guess unexpected, you know, and your mention of Bryson as an amateur makes me think we probably have a similar idea here uh, because you and I both watched uh, Sargent just, just pound a drive off of, I mean, pound doesn't even do it justice. What, what did, what is, didn't do that golf ball on the tee of what is that 17 or another yeah it, it was 14 we saw him on and um 
it is hard to put into words how hard he hits the ball. Gordon Sargent, um, he is uh, at Vanderbilt University, won the NCAA individual uh, title last year. That was his exemption now. Uh, Augusta is offering the exemption mm -hmm. to the individual NCAA champion. Um, Vanderbilt's number one ranked team in the country. Gordon Sargent looks like he's mm -hmm. about 14 years old. He looks like he should be playing on your golf team um, <laughs> at your school. And uh, I, I noticed that he was playing with Ty, uh, excuse me, with Rory. Um, I'm sorry. He was playing with Max Homa and Justin Thomas. And um, clearly the focus was on them. And we stood right behind the 14th tee box on Monday. We watched Justin Thomas tee off, hit it good. We watched Max tee off, hit it good, as you would expect those two to do. And then we locked, watched Gordon Sargent tee it up, but I had not seen him take a full swing yet. And he annihilated that golf ball. He hit it 20 yards past Justin Thomas. Um, his swing speed, the lag um, on his on his driver swing, um, the amount of torque he ha he generates into that golf ball with his lower body, it is unbelievable. And the sound it made coming off his driver for not a big guy to hit the ball as far and as high and as hard as he hits it, um, yeah. it was shocking to me. And he did it again on 17, probably 40 yards by Thomas yeah. on 17. Um, that does so, not mean he's going to contend, but I would say if the weather is crummy and it's going to be all carry out there, mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if we see an amateur, mm -hmm. I'm not saying win, but be in a position to contend on Sunday. And I think Gordon Sargent can do it. Yeah, I think that's for me what first popped out as unexpected because I totally did not expect to see what I saw when he hit that golf ball off of 14. And it just got me thinking more of just like the, the way that these young golfers are coming up right they are using launch monitors they are so so in tune with what is needed to become a great golfer that i think these amateurs are going to keep getting better and better than that they're going to be more likely and more likely to contend each year which is what is such a fun thing about the masters is to watch those amateurs and so that was a kind of an unexpected thing that i'm pretty excited to watch is to see um how amateurs like Sargent do. And then, you know, another unexpected thing, like I think I'd briefly touch on it is, man, I am really excited to see live guys play. And I did not expect to feel that way. Um, and so I am really pumped to see how they do. Um, you know, a fearful unexpected thing, I guess, is I, I really hope a, a boring winner doesn't win. If Keegan Bradley is in contention, I may just, you know, have to, become an f1 fan or something i don't know just change sports <laughs> right. but um but that's you know augusta can have that right we have danny willett as a master's yeah. champion we have um you know all sorts of randos that can can show up in contention um and some of those can be fun some of those can be not fun uh but what do you think what are some unexpected things well, that you are expecting I'm with you and not knocking at your, you're a Georgia guy in much of your heart, uh, you know, but I don't want to see Russell Henley outduel Roy McIlroy <laughs> on Sunday, you know, and I, I'm Russell's a great guy, but the masters are for guys like Rory, but you're right. We do see the Danny Willits. We do see the Trevor Immelman and that's not knocking either of those guys are great players. Um, but you want to see your master champions be the elite and, and typically the metrics bear that out, you know, and mm -hmm. when you look at the, when you look at the data over the years, the best players do kind of the cream does come to the top at Augusta, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a Tom Hoagie contending there yeah. because those are playing great. Um, right. So there's, there's no reason that, you know, Keith Mitchell who bombs the ball can't be a contender at Augusta, but it's not right. typically exciting. It would certainly be unexpected. Um, I think my biggest fear is the bigger names disappear uh, and we do see a lot of these guys kind of dueling it out and, and we're all kind of rolling our eyeballs at what could have been a great tournament. I don't think that's going to be the case, yeah. I, but I, I also am hopeful. We see the big names up there. I'm hopeful that we do see a Gordon Sargent or USAM champion, Sam mm -hmm. Bennett, who are maybe two mm -hmm. of the better amateurs we've seen there in years go out and make it happen, you know, and yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to temper my, my unexpected negativity right. with my hope for the, the really fun mm -hmm. unexpected stuff that happened. And my, my last unexpected is, um, you know, somewhat, someone that has not really gotten a lot of hype, but has shown up on my research over and over again is T-Rail. Um, man, he, his metrics are strong, right? What, what, he is playing some really good golf this year. And 
not a lot of lot, not a lot of buzz on him not a lot of i mean his odds aren't great for the masters but he is also someone who is a veteran and maybe you know even if he does hate augusta national um yeah. maybe this could be you know a year where everything comes together because he is someone who has some game yeah i mean that would not be surprising at all um and another thing that shouldn't be unexpected but i think is would you be would you be shocked if cam smith wins this tournament on sunday I feel like he's been, he's been, no. the guy won the last major championship. He's, he's, thinking, he's got the belt. Project. He's got the belt, man. And he's like, just kind of, I'm not saying he's ever going to be an afterthought, but he's just, it'd be pleasantly surprised, but unexpected for him to be there. Um, mm-hmm. We watched him, we watched him on the practice screen for a long time on Monday. Uh, and he was doing something very interesting. He was putting long lag putts. He was, he was getting the speed for the greens. He was trying to get dialed in that way. He was not one of the live guys who was out hugging everybody. You know, he was kind of there doing his own business. And I, I feel like he was pretty focused. I think he's, he has not forgotten that he is the, was the best player in the world. He was the belt holder, even though a lot yeah. of us have. So it's probably a little bit unexpected that he mm-hmm. might win the masters, but I wouldn't be remotely shocked uh, if that right. happened. Yeah. He's played well there. It's kind of funny of, you know, it seems like in some ways maybe he could take offense that he's not lumped into that group of the top four, right? Of like, why am I not included with Scheffler, Rom, and Rory? You know, I I, I beat Rory on the last big stage at at his home, right? Of yeah. like, you know, that's his place, and I beat him. And it's clear he's a gamer. You know, when you yeah. think about the putt he made on seventeen at Augusta, or excuse mm-hmm. me, at, at uh, St Andrews last year, he is such. A gamer and there's mm-hmm. no bigger game than augusta national yeah all right we are we are about 12 hours away we took this right o'clock kind of eight o'clock here central time we're here about we 12 hours away 11 hours really um from the first tee time i'm gonna put you on the spot oh you gotta make a pick you got a thousand dollars you gotta put it on one person to win one person one guy who's your guy to walk away from Augusta National Sunday night wearing a green jacket. So if I only have a thousand dollars, you're not where I'm not worried about odds. I'm just worried about who can bring me home. That's right. That green jacket. Who's bringing you home the green jacket? Gosh, it's hard to not to say Scheffler. It's like when you put it that way, it's hard not to say Scotty. And maybe that is um, for a reason. What do you think? Oh, don't you look at you kicking it right back to me. You don't want to. You don't want to put anything in cement right there. Gosh. I can't blame you because um, it is. It's just you. You feel like you need to say Scheffler, but winning back to back at Augusta is really, really hard. Um, yeah, we haven't seen it since Tiger. Um, you know, I think Scotty has recently won back to back as he did it um, at Waste Management. Mm-hmm. This is waste Management. I think it's going to be a new champion this year, and I think the new champion is going to be a guy who's going to complete the career Grand Slam. Ooh. I think it's gonna be the guy who I think it's gonna be the guy who has um, been the forefront of the PGA Tour. I think it's gonna be a guy who will um, finally get that. If you can have a monkey on your back as a four-time major champion, he's gonna get that monkey off his back, and he's going to complete the career Grand Slam. So, I think Rory McIlroy is gonna be wearing a green jacket, uh, and it's gonna look wow. really good on him come Sunday. I would love day. that. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love that. Do you have? Um... How about, I mean, I know we're picking, uh, you know, our picks and, but is there anyone that maybe that is not a front runner? If you had to say, okay, besides the big three, there's yeah, here's right. someone that I want to keep an eye on. Um, so this is probably me just being more empirical. It's what I witnessed. I watched Sam Burns mm-hmm. um, go out and play about five holes. He's out there mm-hmm. by himself. Um, it's Monday. He wasn't shaking hands and, and hugging babies. He was out there grinding. He was dropping mm-hmm. golf balls all over the greens, trying to find angles, um, putting angles to different pin positions. I was really impressed with his pre- preparation. Yeah. He won um, a huge designated event a couple of weeks ago in Austin, the uh, match play. So mm-hmm. I would not be, and I don't know if this would be a popular win, but I would not be shocked if Sam Burns isn't standing there on Sunday. And, and right. Or a Cam Young, honestly, who he defeated. Yeah. These guys hit the ball a mile. They are mm-hmm. uh, extremely um, competent under pressure. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Sam Burns, if I had to not pick Rory, because it's mm-hmm. weird because, well, what about Colin Moore? Cow? There's so many guys we have not talked about. Right. But, but Masters a lot about who's in form. Um, mm-hmm. And a guy like Sam Burns, I think he's in form. I think he's yeah. hungry. Uh, I think he could be a guy who mm-hmm. wouldn't be a terribly popular leaderboard figure on Sunday, um, but maybe a worthy one the way he's been playing golf. Yeah. I, I keep, and I don't know why, and it's, and, and maybe a full swing has something to do with it, but I keep getting drawn to Tony, man. I keep getting drawn to Tony Fee now, and I'm, a, and certainly his odds are pretty good if you're trying to find a, a winner, an outright winner that you, know, you can get a big return on. But he really, I mean, he plays Augusta really well. I know I don't know if he plays it well enough to win it, but he plays it well enough to consistently top 20, top 10, those kind of things. And so his name keeps popping up as someone he can also rip a golf ball. Isn't he too nice to win the Masters? That sounds like a terrible, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible thing to say because Adam Scott is by all accounts is a really nice guy and he won the Masters. Mike Weir is a the, great guy. He's a great guy. But if you look at the champions dinner picture from last night of guys who won the Masters, there are a lot of a-holes in that picture. There's a lot of guys who you don't really want to have over for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of weirdos, a lot of lone wolves. Exactly. Kinda... <laughs> you know, um, you know, Ray Floyd was a tenacious competitor, you know, by all accounts, you know, a very difficult human being to kind of compete with. And those are the guys that win at Augusta. You've got to have our friend, John Pierce will call them nut cutters. You know, you got to have guys yeah. who are like that. And I love Tony. And I don't, I'm not sure he's not a nut. He's a nut cutter. I'm not sure he's a guy under the gun at Augusta that can get the job done. I would love to be wrong about that. I would because I love full swing. I love seeing his family. I love seeing him in the minivan trying to feed them after he wins a huge tournament. And it felt like just like me with my mm-hmm. kids. Um, I love the <laughs> dents in the garage door in his childhood home. But that's yeah. a far cry from being able to execute on the back nine under pressure at Augusta on a Sunday. I hope he does right. play well there, but he does play well there. I don't want to just write him off because he is consistent there and he is getting to that age. We have talked about this, right, of you get to a certain age where it actually does benefit you. You know, if you've played the master six or seven times and you, you're in that age range of like 28 to 32, that you actually have that experience now that, that benefits you. You're still young enough to really grind. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- that might be his one saving grace. You know, he's, he can say, well, heck, I darn near broke my leg off uh, and <laughs> won this thing a few years back. You know, we forget that he was in the final group in 2019 when Tiger won it. Um, you know, he's, he's been under the gun there. Maybe he can come through. I would love to see it. I just, sometimes nice guys finish, you know, 10th. And that's just how I feel about him. I think Scotty Scheffler would like a word with you on nice guys. Fair enough. Fair, you know what? That's a, <laughs> completely right. And of course, Tony was playing the practice round with Scotty Scheffler. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments was I was kind of wandering through um, the 14th fairway uh, at the crosswalk, and mm-hmm. one of the crossing guards they have there stopped me with his hand, and I almost walked right into Scotty Scheffler. He was playing a practice round. <laughs> I almost, I almost took him out. It was almost the, his tournament was almost over before it started. Um, Man. But the funny thing is there was another guy who was kind of stopped in the same position as me. And he, he looked at Tony and Scotty and said, give them hell fellas. And I thought that doesn't quite resonate with those two guys. You know, these are pretty guys <laughs> who are strong in their faith. They're, they're not about giving anybody hell. So you're right. Scotty is a really nice guy. Tony's a nice guy. Maybe nice guys, you know, do have a place at Augusta, but more often we see Sergio tiger, Patrick Reed, these lone wolf tough as nails dudes get the job done. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone like a John Rahm who's kind of cut from that cloth right. being there yeah. as well. All right. What, what are your last observations as we move into the next four days? Where are you going to be watching this thing from? Gosh. Easter Sunday is coming up. I know you're going to be out of town. How are you going to manage, you know, being at, I think you're going to be at your grandmother's house trying Oof. to watch the Masters. What's the plan? How are you going to do it? Man. Well, I guess my final takeaway is, you know, you know, if you've been to the Masters before and you, you know this, you remember everything about the year you went, you know. And for me, my first year going was 97, Tiger, Tiger's win. So, you know, it felt so special to be there, even though at the time I had no idea what was going on. Or 2011, 
um, you know, Immelman, that meant so much to me. No, no that's not true. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I do, you know, you remember those years that you went and you were watching closely. And so I, I'm really excited this year to watch it closely and, sit and think back, but man, I was there. And, you know, to hopefully see a storyline of like, oh, you know, I saw that happening. I saw Scotty, you know, almost anoint uh, Tony Finau, right? Oh, I saw a Tiger helping Tom Kim with a putt and Tom Kim came out of nowhere. Um, those kind of things. I'm really looking forward. I'm also looking forward to um, sitting at my computer tomorrow and giving students um, a bogus assignments that I will never read mm. uh, while I watch the Masters. For every, uh, so pretty every, excited about that. Every golf-loving teacher in the country, it's the same story. It's a tradition unlike any other, which is the <laughs> meaningless worksheet on, on Augusta Thursday, um, on Masters Thursday. So, well, what, hey, man. What, what about you? Well, I would say this is my favorite week of the year. It's it's a holiday. It falls on Easter, one of my favorite holidays. So this is, uh, is going to be an awesome week. Uh, I have golf lined up on uh, on saturday so we play a little golf in the morning going and watching the masters in the afternoon i am going to be planted in front of my tv the next couple of days taking notes uh, you and i will be doing a recap podcast next week we'll um, go back and look at how foolish we were sounded in this podcast yes. and go and actually see what happens so we're going to do that next week um, so i'm excited to take notes on that i'm excited to kind of soak in like you said everything that we just saw um, cause it's so fresh in your mind. And that is the great thing about going there. You know, I, I, this is my third trip. I saw 2014 when Bubba won 2016 when Spieth won his. So you remember those things, um, even more than the ones that you just watch from home. So I'm just excited about trying to slow time down, uh, as you always want to mm -hmm. do when you're watching, uh, the four days, uh, at Augusta national and, um, and just hold on to in the, in the crazy world and the massive changes and all the weirdness that we have going around to have that one thing. That is always the same, you know, that, that intro music that gets you every single time. We're right. all looking forward to it. I can't, so I can't wait. wait for all of that. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. We're going to do a recap next week. Um, I hope uh, if you are gambling at home, maybe we kind of cued you into some things that we saw or we liked going into this tournament. Uh, chances are mm -hmm. not. So nothing we said here should be taken uh, as anything, but just some uh, opinions from guys who are uh, way, way, way outside the ropes. So Way until next week way outside the ropes till next week we will come back and do this again recapping the 2023 masters hayden thanks for joining us and uh we'll be back next Thank week you. to look at yeah. the 2023 masters in retrospect you've been listening to outside the ropes on the free drop media network thank you for listening to this trial run of the e9 podcast a production of free drop media Please join us next week when we recap the 2023 Masters Tournament.